Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. My name is Bob Kaler, and we have been taking a look at some of the talks that were given at the global gathering of the Wesleyan Covenant Association, which took place on May 1st, 2021 at Fraser Memorial United Methodist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. And during that time, we got to hear from some of our international leaders. We heard from Bishop Kage from the Eurasia Episcopal area. And now we get to hear from Jonathan Razone, who is a pastor in the Philippines and a member of the WCA Council. I've gotten to know Jonathan a little bit over the course of our time of serving together on the council. And he is not only a fierce defender of the faith, but also a fierce preacher. And you're going to hear his great words in his talk titled, Fearless Standing Before the Council. So give it a listen. Our next speaker is a pastor, teacher, and human rights worker who is faithfully obedient to the Word of God. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Rizone is the senior pastor at the Living Faith United Methodist Church located in the Philippines. He will deliver a message entitled, Fearless, Standing Before the Council, based on Peter's defense of the gospel before the religious leaders in Jerusalem. Razone received his Master of Divinity degree from Union Theological Seminary in the Philippines. He also received a Master of Arts in Peace Studies from the University of Bradford in England and a doctoral degree in Organizational Planning and Development from Northeastern College in the Philippines. Razone was elected by his annual conference as a representative at the 2008, 2012, and 2016 Philippines Central Conferences. He was also elected to serve as a delegate to the United Methodist Church's 2016 and 2019 General Conferences. He is a member of the Wesleyan Covenant Association's Global Council. Would you join me in welcoming Reverend Dr. Jonathan Razone? I think it is fair to say that in 1521, Martin Luther changed the course of human history when he appeared at the Imperial Diet of Worms. He was brought before the Holy Roman Emperor twice. And each time he appeared, he was told he must make or he must take back his teachings. And as we all know, Luther refused to recant. And I caught, unless I am convinced by scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything. For to do against conscience is neither right nor safe. God help me. Amen. Unquote. Regrettably, we all know that throughout church history, there have been tyrants and bullies who have abused their powers to manipulate and deceive God's people. So what was the source of Luther's faith and fearlessness to stand up to the Holy Roman Emperor and the power of the papacy? The tyrants and bullies of his day. 
How was it that an obscure monk from the countryside was able to, in, to courageously speak the truth and so launch the Reformation? The source of Luther's fearlessness, I believe, was his discovery, his rediscovery of the primacy of sacred scripture and the essential truth of the gospel, namely, our justification by grace through faith in Christ alone. That is what freed him to speak the truth to the political and religious powers of his day. Luther was convinced that the truths revealed in Scripture and the church's great creeds are timeless. They are truths that inform our moral and ethical teachings and consequently shape the good ordering of church and society. And Luther, who was sometimes falsely accused of being an antinomian, that is one against the law, knew that for the church to fulfill its mission, its leaders must teach, defend, and model in their daily lives the life-saving and life-giving ethical teachings rooted in Scripture and the church creeds. Without such leadership and fidelity, I think we see what happens. The church loses its way. Leaders and people begin to do what it right in their own eyes. And if the course is not corrected, chaos and confusion come to reign among the faithful. Unfortunately, we have witnessed this happen in the recent histories of some Christian denominations. With this in mind, let me turn to those once timid but ultimately fearless apostles, Peter and John, who boldly preached the truth of Christ's resurrection. In Acts chapter 4, we see the high priests, the elders, and the scribes, the religious authorities of their day. They question and bully them treating them like common and ignorant followers of a crucified criminal. However, even though Peter and John were jailed and reviled, they were not intimidated. They were fearless in their defense of the gospel. Now, where did Peter and John get their fearlessness? Well, they, of course, had recently seen and spoken with our risen Lord. So they had very good reason to be fearless. And yet, they still needed to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to make their bold defense before the, before the religious authorities. After the apostles are questioned about their preaching and the healing of a crippled man, Luke writes, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, Rulers and elders of the people, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God 
raised from the dead. That is man stands before you heal. Christ's resurrection and the infilling of the Holy Spirit gave Peter and John the courage to bear witness before leaders who could have turned them over as they did Jesus to the Roman authorities. But they did not do that. Instead, the Bible tells us that even though the religious authorities still regarded Peter and John as unschooled, ordinary men, they now recognize the two men's courage. Now, how can we, how can we be courageous and fearless in the place where God has called us to serve? I don't know about you. But I think I too would be fearless like Peter and John if I had just recently seen our resurrected Lord and talked with Him like they did. Surely, that experience gave them confidence to stand before the religious authorities. But then I think of what Jesus said to doubting Thomas after He had given him the opportunity to touch the scars on his hands and the wound on his side. Our resurrected Lord said to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And since all the disciples were in the room when Jesus spoke those words to Thomas, I like to think Jesus' words were for all of them. But Jesus was also very much thinking of you and me when he said those words to the disciples. He knew that when it, it is our time to be fearless, we must do it by faith alone and trusting that the Holy Spirit will fill us with courage and wise words. It is not always an easy thing to do. So let us not pretend otherwise. Jesus tells his closest disciples, those who come after you will be the blessed ones, for they will bear witness to me, though they have not seen me. What a challenge we have. And the apostle Peter clearly understood Jesus' meaning. Writing to the early church, Peter said in his first letter, Thou now for a little while you may have to suffer various trials. Without having seen Jesus, you love him. Though you do not know, you do not now see him, you believe in him. And so rejoice with an unutterable and exalted joy as the outcome of your faith. You obtain the salvation of your souls. Wherever we live in the world today, I think we Christians are realizing we must become more courageous and fearless in the face of everything from insults to outright persecution. So we can be thankful that we have many models for how to be courageous and fearless. Our principal model is, of course, Jesus himself, who, as the truth 
always taught it and defended it. And he did so with compassion and pity for those who denied the truth. Even from the cross, Jesus cried out, Forgive them for they know, they know not what they do. Jesus demonstrates for us that our battles are not against people who make fun of us, who revile us, or who may even persecute us. But they are with powers and principalities beyond this world. And so we must discern and learn what Christ-like courage and fearlessness looks like as we face our circumstances. Like Peter and John, we must be happy warriors who actually exhibit fearlessness and courage for the sake of our enemies. Not simply to defeat them. Because when we read Acts chapter 4, we can tell that Peter and John are first and foremost declaring the truth because they want people to know the truth for their own good. They know it leads to life. So we learn from the scripture what another Martin Luther, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther's Luther King Jr., preached and modeled for us in the great civil rights movement in America. I believe he preached and modeled it in the very city where many of you are gathered today. Reverend Dr. King's witness and the witness of so many others was steeped in the courage and fearlessness of Jesus and the apostles. Though they did not see Jesus, they stood for the gospel truth. They stood for the gospel truth in the face of those who not only belittled and slandered them, but they stood for it even in the face of those who beat them and murdered them. And so by their Christ-like courage and fearlessness, they not only added people to their ranks, they even won over many of those who yielded up their hearts and minds to the dark powers and principalities of hell. We Filipinos, like people all around the world, were inspired by the courage and fearlessness of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and the many brothers and sisters who followed in the footsteps of Jesus and the apostles. They demonstrated for us what our Christian courage and fearlessness must look like when people belittle our faith, attack our beliefs and ethical standards, and even persecute us from for declaring that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Recently, over 300 Filipinos, myself included, signed a statement entitled, Continuing the Wesleyan Vision, a Call to Unity in Holiness and Truth. Those who signed this statement are clergy and laity from all over the archipelago of the Philippines and even Filipino migrants in diaspora. 
those living in the Middle East, Europe, and North America, or wherever they can find, wherever they can find work to support themselves and their families. As signatories, as signatories, we are painfully aware of the decades-long dispute that has undermined the health and vitality of our United Methodist Church. As United Methodists who love to share the goodness of Jesus Christ in both word and deed, we are very troubled that some clergy and bishops in the United States are unwilling to promote and defend the Holy Bible and our church teachings that are grounded in it. We are very disappointed that our United Methodist Church Special 2019 General Conference in St. Louis, some U.S. clergy and bishops openly said, openly said, they would defy the will of our Global General Conference. And we are also very disappointed that after that conference, some U.S. clergy and bishops took out full-page ads in major U.S. newspapers belittling what we Filipinos believe and the teaching that our United Methodist Church have just reaffirmed. Their willingness to do these things has sown the seeds of confusion in the Philippines and undermined our courageous witness to the teachings of the United Methodist Church. Therefore, as Filipino United Methodists who hold the primacy of Scripture, we believe it was necessary for us to boldly say that we are committed to our church teachings regarding marriage sexual ethics and ordination that are rooted in scripture. These beliefs had been taught by the church universal for almost 2,000 years and they are affirmed by the vast majority of Christians the world over. We do not want to see these healthy, life-giving teachings overruled by a small progressive group of priests, elite U.S. bishops and clergy. We do not want to see these teachings changed by U.S. leaders who appear to be more committed to virtue signaling to a progressive and permissive culture in the U.S. than to the time-honored teachings of the Christian faith. Our passion, our passion is for spiritual vitality, accountability to the life-giving teachings of our faith, and for doctrinal integrity. We want to continue reaching our young people with the goodness of Jesus Christ. We do not want to lose them to other evangelical denominations in our country, or even worse, to a secular culture with permissive and destructive values. So with you, with you, brothers and sisters in the Lord, with you, 
we envision the birth of a new global Methodist church. A church committed to discipling our young people and a church dedicated to bringing Filipinos to the saving work of Jesus Christ. We hope to recapture the spirit-filled, driven passion of the early Methodist movement in the, brittle, in the British Isles, North America, and especially that of our Filipino forebearers. We want to recapture the passion and adapt it to new ways of evangelizing and discipling people toward Christ-likeness in the 21st century. Simply put, we hope, we hope and pray for the creation of a new global Methodist church which is not really new, but rather a faithful continuation of the original vision of Methodism to spread scriptural holiness throughout the land. We know as a small country, we are a very small country, representing small annual conferences, our challenge will be great as we take our stand for God's truth as it is revealed in the Holy Bible. But it is not relative truth or subjective truth. We believe it is the truth. It is always true no matter the religion, region, or place. And so despite the challenges we face, brothers and sisters in the Lord, we Filipinos will courageously and fearless, fearlessly take our stand with Jesus Christ, who is the truth for all time. We are expecting you all of you, we are expecting all of you to fearlessly stand with us. God bless you all and the peace of our risen Lord be with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for listening to this edition of Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. We still have some more talks to share with you, and we'll be doing that over the next several weeks. In the meantime, send us your comments and questions via email at podcast at wesleyancovenant.org. You can follow us on Twitter at WCAPod. You can also find out more about the Wesleyan Covenant Association at wesleyancovenant.org and about the new Global Methodist Church at globalmethodist.org. Look forward to seeing you next time here on the podcast. Have a great week.